This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And it's Veterans Day. We want to salute everybody that is in service, that was in service, that currently serves, even if they're not even uh, out of the service. And, of course, those that gave their lives. Uh, Veteran Day's, Veterans Day is always a, a big deal. And I think it's, it's uh, something we should celebrate more often. I'm not saying we should have multiple Veterans Days per year. But I think it's important to not lose sight of those that have served this country. And it reminds me of Ronald Reagan speaking once on Veterans Day about those that gave it all. Listen to this. Those who live today remember those who do not. Those who know freedom remember today those who gave up life for freedom. Today, in honor of the dead, we conduct ceremonies. We lay wreaths, we speak words of tribute, and in our memories, in our hearts, we hold them close to us still. Throughout America today, we honor the dead of our wars. We recall their valor and their sacrifices. We remember they gave their lives so that others might live. A grateful nation opens her heart today in gratitude for their sacrifice, for their courage, and for their noble service. That's President Ronald Reagan. And like usual, dropping that knowledge, giving us those nuggets of wisdom, and uh, I agree with them 100 percent. So uh, a big salute to everybody that is a veteran, was a veteran and will become a veteran. Uh, I salute you. And in the way that we look at the valor that veterans portray, I think we also have to have that level of valor as patriots. And what I mean by that is I was um, interacting with somebody on Twitter earlier today and they were a little distraught. They were, you know, responding to a, an article that I sent out about how somebody had been caught in New Jersey stuffing ballots and photocopying ballots, creating fake ballots in order to win an election, the 2020 election, the one where there was no fraud. Remember that one? And in that exchange, they said, what does it matter? They're just going to keep cheating anyway. It's not even worth voting anymore. And my response to them was, that's like saying... Why bother showering? I'm just going to get dirty anyway. Obviously, we have to shower every day and we have to continue voting. That's just how it is. That's the system that we have. Just because somebody goes into a bad neighborhood one day and maybe gets robbed, you might want to avoid that neighborhood, but you don't stop going outside. And people that do do that, they need help, right? It's not the right answer. And that's why I feel like it's, it's important that we have perspective on things. We have to look at what's going on in society. And one of the things that's going on in society, in my opinion, 
is there's been a shift, right? And we hear a lot about Marxism. We hear a lot about the left. And we hear a lot about um, this political movement in America that's very antithetical to what America once was, right? Um, for example, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, that's not that long ago, it would, it would be unheard of to say that a little kid that's four years old should be able to decide their gender, right? I mean, most people realize little kids can't even decide their diet, right? If you leave it to a little kid, they'll eat ice cream all day. And I saw this, um, this video on Instagram and it was a little kid and his dad or somebody at, at, sitting at a table and he looks at the little kid, he's probably like five or six years old. And he says, I've got $10,000 in cash or an Oreo cookie. Which one do you want? And the kid immediately goes for the cookie. <laughs> and, and he says, this is $10,000. This costs a lot more than the Oreo cookie. You can have lots of cookies if you take this and the kid shakes his head with a smile and he's like, I want the cookie and it has a caption on it. And it says, this is why you can't let little kids pick their own gender. And I thought that was an interesting um, juxtaposition, right? Of, of, of that particular situation between the, the cookie and the cash and sexuality. And it, it made me realize that we have to really pay attention to things and we have to, notice how did we get to this place, right? It's not just like all of a sudden there's an epidemic of, of kids that want to be transgender and girls that want to, you know, take puberty blockers at, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old. And uh, if you listen to my radio show, I had played a clip of a woman who worked for a organization that promotes this in public schools. And uh, if you haven't heard that clip, this is it. The most critical time to be there is grades five through eight because you want to catch kids when they're starting puberty because that's the time in which identity formation is central to their lives. However, early intervention is key. So we actually are designing a kindergarten through grade two curriculum this summer. And I will tell you, one of the most rewarding experiences, Nikki, uh, we were in a local school system in an elementary school and uh, we were in grades three, four, and five. And after we were there, um, five students went to the principal's office and came out. So we are really intentionally going into younger and younger grades. So that's Stacy Robastelli. She's the director of education for High Tops. It's an LGBTQ plus nonprofit focused on bringing queer theory and gender ideology into schools. And she says that the most critical time to get in the classroom are grades five through eight, saying, quote, you got to catch kids when they're starting puberty. She goes on to say that the most rewarding experience for her was after going into that elementary school and five students went to the principal's office and, quote, came out, end quote. Now, this woman, Stacy Robostelli, she believes that she's doing the, the work that needs to be done, right? This is her mission in life. And so when I talk about how do we get to this place, because there's now thousands of Stacy Robostelli's out there that literally have nonprofit organizations. So they're getting grants, they're, they're soliciting donations in order to bring gender ideology and queer theory into schools. And she wants to get in front of kids uh, in, in the lower grades. And she says, you know, they're looking on something between K through three uh, or K through two. And this is alarming to me, not because of what it is on its face, it's alarming to me because 
this exists. The fact that there is an entire industry of people that have dedicated their lives and educated themselves and gone to the universities and done what they have to do to become educators to get into schools and in front of these kids with this idea. And now all of a sudden we have this epidemic of children that want to be on puberty blockers and this epidemic of suicide and all of that. How do we get here? We got here because this is not only happening in this particular agenda, it's happening at all of the agendas, right? Whether it's um, the weaponization of government and using the Department of Justice to go after political enemies or anything else, they all start the same way because they, whoever they are, right? The uh, political elite, the establishment, the deep state, the, uh, the bureaucracy, the, the left, the extreme liberals, whatever you want to call them, They've become lawyers to change the FBI. They've become lawyers to change the courts. They've become lawyers to change district attorney's offices so that they could make the decision to not prosecute people so that when the cops lock people up, they say, well, you know, we're, we're not going to charge that or we're going to downgrade that. This is why crime is abounding in so many places in this country. This is why kids are driving around and running people over for fun. You saw that case. If you didn't, look it up on Google. Two teenagers... They were driving around and they, they ran over a guy on a bike and he died. He happened to be a retired police chief and they videotaped it on their cell phone. And the kids are laughing and smiling. It happened about a month and a half ago. And if you listen to my radio show, we talked about it a number of times. How do you get to this place? Because this is what they're doing, right? They, they want to control the news. So they become the media in order to influence the news that we see. They've become professors and teachers to shape young minds both children and young adults in colleges and in classrooms. They want to see a change in society and they're doing everything they can to get to that change. That's how we've gotten to this place. They've become doctors so that they can rewrite the DSM-5, right? The Diagnostic uh, Statistical Manual. They've become doctors so that they can make arguments and write papers and put them in journals to say it's a good idea to help a child change their gender at whatever age, five, six, seven, eight years old. Meanwhile, they're telling you, you should put your kid to bed at a certain time because this kid's not old enough to figure out their bedtime. They can't choose their bedtime. They can't choose what they're having for dinner in most cases because many of them, you know, will have ice cream for dinner. But yet we're allowing them to go on puberty blockers. It's insanity. We, the people of the United States, the public, we must also become the change that we want to see in this world. If the left, the radicals, whoever you want to call them, if this is their goal and this is what they're doing, right? AOC says she's not having children because she's going to, she's in this political fight for its entirety. She's willing to not be a mom. This is very serious. Who amongst us that's listening right now is willing to forego motherhood in order to, to fight a, a, a cultural battle. I'm not saying that conservatives or just regular apolitical people aren't fighting hard enough. But I am saying we're not fighting the right fight. We have to do what they're doing in order to, to fight back. If you're shooting water at a garage, but it's the building next to the garage that's on fire, you're wasting your time. We can sit here and talk on Twitter and, and do whatever it is that we're doing. But if we're not actually in the arena where the fight is happening, and the fight here is a fight for our children, a fight for our constitution, a fight for our country, a fight for our legal system, we're going to continue to see this police state in action. So I'm going to continue the conversation on the police state. We're also going to talk about 
what's going on with this uh, rampant pornography all over the place. You do a quick Google search for articles on porn, and there's a bunch of people getting arrested for child porn. I'm not hearing too much about that, but we're going to talk about it. And, of course, Palestine, what's going on in Gaza, what's going on with the Hamas terrorists and how things are developing over there. We're going to talk about that as well. So stick around, folks. Uh, it's This is America with me, Rich Valdez. This is America. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. Oh, he's so handsome. What's his name? Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And uh, there's a number of interesting stories out there that I wanted to share with you. Uh, one of the stories I saw was the story of, uh, it's, I got it right here so that I don't mess this up. A child psychologist, listen to this, a child uh, psychiatrist, excuse me, secretly recorded children. And guess what he did with these recordings? He made artificial intelligence porn using these kids to make fake porn using their images. Listen to this. Now, the U.S. Attorney's Office of the Western District of North Carolina says a man sexually exploited a minor and even used artificial intelligence to create that abusive material of them. Yeah, we want you to take a look at your screen right now. This is David Tatum, and a jury sentenced him to 40 years in prison plus fines after he secretly recorded multiple underage victims undressing and showering. Tatum also used AI to digitally doctor photos of minors, making them appear sexually explicit. Now, AI-altered images or videos known as deepfakes, they're becoming a growing concern really across our whole country and everything all from altered images of celebrities to those fake images of disasters and even sometimes political ads. Yeah, it's a really scary thought to see this happening more and more. Now, mm -hmm. researchers with one study say 96% of deepfake videos are explicit material made without consent. So there you have it. Right. Again, and this is a report from uh, the Fox affiliate in uh, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. And this child psychiatrist. So, right. Your kid is having problems. You bring him to a shrink and you're thinking that your kid's going to get better. Instead, this sicko did exactly what I was just telling you. They're becoming doctors because they want to come after your kids. Now, you can call me whatever tinfoil hat conspiracy crazy you want to call me. But this is the proof. I'm not making this stuff up. This guy was convicted of a federal uh, felony, sexually exploiting children and using artificial intelligence to create child pornography. This guy's name is David Tatum. He's 41 years old. He's a licensed doctor with the North Carolina Medical Board since 2016. And between 2016 and 2021, he possessed child pornography while working as a psychiatrist in Charlotte, specializing with children. After his arrest in 2022, Tatum pled not guilty during his arraignment and was placed under house arrest with an ankle monitor. He now obviously has been ordered to not practice medicine. And during his trial, evidence came out that he secretly recorded a child while the victim was undressing and showering. Now, I don't know why he would even have access to a child undressing and showering, but he did. He made similar recordings of 
other uh, kids during outpatient visits uh, five days after their 18th birthday. All right, so I'm, uh, based on that, I'm thinking he probably worked in a, um, a mental institution and was taking advantage of kids that were institutionalized. Right. So now you got to think twice before somebody tells you, oh, your kids really messed up. We're going to have to uh, institutionalize them so that we can uh, help them. Right. Meanwhile, he's really helping himself. Now, he used this A.I. to alter pictures of clothed children, for example, from one school dance, from uh, a first day photo into child porn. That's where he's grabbing these pictures from. And it's horrible. And the uh, FBI special agent in charge Uh, His name uh, is Agent DeWitt. Uh, A quote from him says, it's horrific to believe anyone would secretly record children undressing and showering for their own sexual gratification. And when the evidence proves that a person is a doctor entrusted to help children through difficult mental health situations, it's inconceivable. The FBI will never stop working to put predators like Tatum behind bars for a very long time. Well, thank God. And thank God there's a few good agents left that are still working to do this type of thing while they're not busy going after Trump and the rest of the Republicans and conservatives and Dinesh D'Souza. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, back in May, a federal grand jury convicted this guy of producing child porn, transporting child porn, and possession of child porn. He was sentenced on Wednesday of this week, now in November, uh, to 40 years in prison followed by 30 years of supervised release. He's going to be required to register as a sex offender, and he also has to pay a $100,000 fine uh, under um, this particular act they have in uh, a law they have in North Carolina. But it's absolutely crazy, right? Absolutely crazy. And, um, you know, his family made a statement um, saying that, you know, they they didn't know that this is his, they didn't know how it was, uh, they, they decided to write on behalf of, of their family member to say, you know, this isn't who we thought he was. Uh, but that's who he is, right? And the guy's been found guilty of this. And it's just crazy. But I wish I would say that, that was the only, but I'm not, right? I'm just quick, uh, it's, it's Veterans Day. Look at this. Huntsville man arrested on multiple possessions of child pornography, Alabama. Now, let's see this one. Nebraska. Prior Omaha sex offender sentenced on child porn uh, possession. Texas City Council candidate arrested for allegedly possessing child porn. Sumner County attorney indicted, accused of deleting child pornography from a client's phone. A criminal defense attorney was indicted for allegedly deleting child pornography off of her client's phone. Since when do lawyers... (laughs) Unbelievable. It's like she went to the Hillary Clinton School of Defense Attorneys. According to the Hendersonville Police Department, a grand jury indicted criminal defense attorney Jocelyn Mims... Um, on Wednesday, Wednesday of this week here in November, uh, several charges after uh, on several charges after police discovered she destroyed evidence. Let me see here. During the investigation, Hendersonville detectives learned Mims had located and deleted child pornography from her client's cell phone. She's charged with tampering with evidence, false reports to an officer, and intentionally failing to report child sex abuse. She's currently incarcerated in the Sumner County Jail on $80,000 bond and is scheduled to appear uh, in court on November 17th. Right? So this is, and this one again is uh, Fox 17, WZTV out of Nashville. This stuff's happening all over the country. In New Jersey, there was a case about uh, uh, of more AI porn uh, being created. I mean, it's absolutely crazy to hear what's going on. And this is where we are. 
And again, I say to you, how do we get here? These people are putting themselves in position of influence, right? This person was a, uh, a, a county attorney, uh, and now a defense attorney. This is clearly, clearly a big problem and one that we're not putting enough emphasis on. So I'm bringing it to your attention to tell you what I told you before. Like Gandhi said, we have to be the change we want to see in the world. And just pointing out that that's bad isn't enough. We have to actually fight against this. And I don't mean like a call to arms or beating people up. I'm talking about being that change, right? If, if this is what our lawyers are doing, if this is what the psychiatrists are doing, who is going to become a lawyer? Who is going to become a psychiatrist? Are we training our children to take those positions? Because if our children don't do it in 10, 15, 20 years from now, we're going to have more people like this. If we don't do what we have to do, who's going to do it? Right? Reagan said, if not now, then when? And if not you, then who? Anyway, we're going to come right back. We're going to continue our talk about this police state, the weaponization of government to go after political opponents and more. Don't go anywhere. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. That's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. And a couple of, maybe a week ago, maybe 10 days ago, uh, I got invited by Dinesh D'Souza, the filmmaker, the author, the political pundit, to uh, attend his red carpet premiere of his new film, Police State. And uh, it was hosted at Donald Trump's house in Mar-a-Lago in uh, Palm Beach, Florida, on Palm Beach Island. And what an amazing experience. It was really good. If you want to see some of the photos or the videos, check it out. It's on my Instagram and the rest of my social media, at Rich Valdez, and that's Valdez with an S. But it was a, it was a great event, red carpet, lots of people, saw tons of uh, you know familiar faces, met some new friends. But ultimately, it was the content of the film that was the most impactful. And it's a movie where they really, it's, it's a documentary film, and they chronicle so much of what's going on with the witnesses, with the people, like the mom uh, who was surveilled and arrested and uh, had a SWAT team break down her door because she went to a school board meeting and protested against the sexualization of the school curriculum, right? This is a real thing that happened, and people think that that's not happening, but it's happening. And that was Wednesday, the, I don't know what day that was, maybe the November 1st. And... So again, yeah, 10 days ago. And just a few days back, Dinesh D'Souza was contacted uh, by the FBI. His web designer was visited by the FBI. And then they proceeded to take further action against him. So uh, Dinesh um, hit me up and he was telling me about this. And I said, you should come on my radio show, which if you're not listening to the radio show every night from 10 p.m. To 1 a.m., you're missing out. It's an amazing show. We do it live with guests, interviews, and then call-ins. People get to call into the program from all across the country. But uh, Dinesh came on the show, and I'm going to play just a, a quick clip of what he was telling us of what happened. Check this out. You'll be kind of amazed about this, but I, I suppose one should not be totally surprised. You make a film called Police State. You say the country is moving toward a police state. And if that's true, you should see some signs of it in the reaction to the film. So about a week after the film opens, um, the FBI pays a visit to our web designer. It's a female agent. She just leaves a card, just says basically, contact me immediately. 
So this is not a guy on our film team. It's an independent guy. But he's this kind of like a freaked graphic out. designer? A graphic designer for your... No, the web guy, the website guy. Oh, the the guy, guy who's okay. managing our website gets a visit from the FBI. So they're obviously tracing the website to figure out, like, who's running the server. And, like, let's go threaten that guy, you know? <laughs> so, so they start with that. In any case, we approach the FBI and go, what's up, guys? And they act like nothing's up. They're like, oh, well, no, no, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not uh, intimidating the film. Nothing at all. And then what happens is I send <laughs> a wire. Actually, Sorry? I said, it's like they stop by to say hello. They stop by to say hello. And then my wife, Debbie, sends a wire from the film to Salem Media. This is to purchase advertising. The wire's for $106,000. And guess what? It's intercepted by the Biden Treasury Department. There's a division of the Treasury Department called OFAC, which is the Office of Foreign Assets Control. And if you look it up, it's an agency that's intended to stop um, international narcotics, international terrorism, and also like countries that are under sanction by the U.S. government. Now, we have nothing to do with any of that. We're sending a domestic wire from our bank to Wells Fargo, the Salem Bank, and yet the Biden Treasury Department freezes the money. They take it out of our account, but they hold it. Yeah. And again, you know, we're freaked out about this because we're like, what the heck? How can they just seize our money like that for no reason? And so we, I have a friend at Newsweek who calls, calls up the OFAC people, goes, what's up? Can you give an explanation for why you've taken this money? And then quietly, without saying a word, without returning the phone call, they put the money back in our account. So that's incident number two. And then, of course, you mentioned Walmart and Amazon. We've, you know, we've sold products with Walmart and Amazon before. No problem. Neither of them will sell our DVDs. Really strange. I mean, this is not a banned topic. I can advertise it on YouTube or Facebook. No one has even in intimated or alleged that any fact in the film is incorrect. So there have been no negative, <coughs> negative right. fact checks on the film. And, and Dinesh, I just want to clarify. Th this is like your 10th film, right? Oh, yeah. And this is, well, this is film number seven. And, number seven. you know, and I've sold so many. In the so past. they can't say it's not selling because we right. packed the theaters with the film. No, I'm saying you've sold them before on Amazon. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So I think, again, the question arises, like, is somebody from the government, like, contacting these companies and saying, in effect, look, we'd rather you not sell this film. This is, like, <coughs> damaging to the government. Because when we look at the police state, and this is depicted in the film, it's an octopus stretching across the public and the private sector. So it's not like the government is above going to digital platforms or it's above going to private corporations and instructing them as to what to do and using the government's leverage on these companies to intimidate them and to get them to do the Biden regime's bidding. So think of it. This is all classic like police state tactics and we're feeling it. Wow. So there you have it, right? Dinesh D'Souza is here telling me that uh, the FBI went to visit his web designer, paid them a visit. Then they go ahead and freeze the funds that he was using to advertise the movie. Then you've got Walmart that's saying they're not going to uh, sell the DVD. Then you've got Amazon saying they're not going to sell the DVD. And he's been, this is his seventh film. And he's sold these movies on Amazon and Walmart before. What's the difference here? The difference here is likely there was interference from the government, just the way the government's interfering in this 2024 election and have been for quite some time, just the way they interfered in the 2020 election by concealing the Hunter Biden laptop story, which we're still seeing stuff come out about. 
And it, it, this is not me on my high horse because I think Trump is great. This is just a fact, right? It's a fact that Councilman Alex Mendez, who I know, I've, I've met him uh, professionally years ago, and he's a heck of a nice guy. Uh, he's been arrested and caught on video ballot stuffing, creating fake ballots, stealing ballots, filling in what he wanted to to make sure that he would win, him and another person. They were caught on video, and the other person was arrested and flipped on him and is now a witness for the New Jersey State Attorney General's office in his criminal prosecution. So this went down, and they've got it on video. The election in 2020 was rigged. Now, I'm not saying every aspect of the election. I don't know. I can't prove that. I can prove this because now here we are in November of 2023, one year away from the 2024 election, and we're still catching people that are committing fraud back in 2020. So people want to come after Trump and say, oh, he made it up. He wasn't this. There was no proof. There was no widespread fraud. That was the, the famous line, right, from Bill Barr, the attorney general. There's no evidence of widespread fraud. Well, of course there's no evidence because nobody's looking. And now that people are looking and there's video, voila, there's evidence of fraud. Now, okay, maybe it was a couple of hundred ballots that wouldn't have uh, overturned the election, but you do that a couple of thousand times and there you have it. Now, if your argument to me is going to be, well, how do you know that happens a couple of hundred thousand times? Well, how do I know that it happened this time? People looked and people found. The fraud is there, right? If I, if I were to tell you uh, on any given moment, I could find five or 10 stories about prominent people engaging in child pornography, you'd say, well, that's a conjecture, it's speculation. And then I start showing you these uh, convictions that are coming out or are similar charges from the FBI and local law enforcement. And voila, now all of a sudden you have a different perspective because you realize in the last segment, I just pointed out, this is happening all over the country and, and kudos to the law enforcement that are catching these people. But yet it seems like it's not a popular theme on NBC news. It's not a popular theme on CNN. Why isn't the media reporting on this stuff? Why are they turning a blind eye to it? Likely because they're involved too. Right. It wasn't but for um, about a year ago where a CNN producer was caught doing the exact same thing with his own girlfriend's kid. This guy was trusted in the home. He was dating this woman. She had a, a younger child and he was making um, porn videos with with the daughter. Now, I'm not saying that everybody in the media is doing this stuff. I'm not saying that it's happening all the time everywhere. I'm saying it's happening more often than many of us think. And when somebody sounds the alarm, like Trump or anybody else, that says, you know what, this is happening here, this is happening here, it's rigged, folks, it's rigged, uh, I think we should pay attention. We should investigate those things. We shouldn't have judges that shut him down at every, at every turn back in 2020 saying, oh, you don't have standing. Oh, you latches, you brought the case too late. Oh, this and that and the third, right? When we know that mail-in ballots are incredibly easy to manipulate. We just had an election a few days ago, and there were multiple instances of the machines changing the votes, people picking yes on certain ballot questions and it coming out as no. Now, of course, the cover is going to be, they're going to say, well, well, you know, we caught it and it was a glitch, right? Quote, unquote, glitch. Well, isn't it interesting how in the 2020 election, um, Trump v. Biden, there were no glitches, right? Nobody talked about glitches. And if there was a glitch anywhere, all they would say was, oh, it was a glitch. We took care of it, right? It's okay to have a glitch, but there's no way that you can have massive glitches, right? There's no way that, that this stuff can be hacked. I mean, it's just crazy to think that that stuff isn't a possibility. And there were tons of hearings on this with Giuliani and others, and they were painted by the media as a bunch of crackpots and crazies. 
They even just arrested Jenna Ellis because she went on a tour to inspect voting machines. And she went on this tour and because she was there, they said she was there and she didn't have permission to be there. They pressured her into a deal. She took the plea. She pled guilty. And now they get to run around saying, look, we've we've arrested and, and, and got a guilty conviction here uh, of of one of Trump's lawyers. And that's how they're playing this game. And this it's this weaponization of the police state that uh, or, or this creation of a police state that is most concerning to me. So I'm, I'm going to take a quick pause right here. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about that. A quick update on Palestine. And then we're going to wrap this thing up. Don't go anywhere. This is America. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. And I just wanted to share with you in my conversation with Dinesh D'Souza, um, he mentioned an article that come out in Newsweek. And I'm looking at it here. It's exclusive from Newsweek from October 4th, 2023. So a little over a month ago. And here's the headline. Newsweek magazine. Exclusive. Donald Trump's followers have been targeted by the FBI as 2024 election nears. The federal government believes that the threat of violence and major civil disturbances around the 2024 U.S. presidential election is so great that it has quietly created a new category of extremists that it seeks to track and counter. Who are they? Donald Trump's army of MAGA followers. Now, the challenge for the FBI, which is the primary uh, federal agency charged with uh, enforcing the law in in this category, is to pursue and prevent what it calls domestic terrorism without direct reference to political parties or affiliations even though the, the vast majority of its current anti-government investigations are of Trump supporters, according to classified data obtained by Newsweek. Now, when you read that in an article, that means somebody leaked this information to Newsweek. Now, here's a quote. It says the FBI is in an almost impossible position. That's according to a current FBI official who requested uh, anonymity to discuss highly sensitive internal matters. The FBI official said that the FBI is intent on stopping domestic terrorism and any repeat of the January uh, 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol. But the Bureau must also preserve the constitutional right of all Americans to campaign, to speak freely and protest the government. By focusing on former President Trump and his MAGA, Make America Great Again supporters, this FBI official said, the Bureau runs the risk of provoking the very anti-government activists that the terrorism agencies hope to stop. Of course they do. If you go out and tell people that because of your political choices, because of who you want to vote for for president, we are now going to track you and investigate you. Now, in the last election, Trump had, I don't know, 70-something, 80, 80 million votes. Um, are, is Am I to understand that the FBI is now going to investigate everybody that follows uh, Donald Trump, that voted for Trump? or everybody that's on social media that is a Trump supporter, and somehow we are this massive group of terrorists, domestic terrorists. Am I a domestic terrorist, a professional broadcaster, an upstanding citizen, a school board member, a father of two, never been arrested? I, I pay tax. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I just, I find this is astounding. Imagine if they said followers of Barack Obama are going to be surveilled by the FBI because of their potential uh, potentiality for becoming violent domestic extremists. 
This is absolute insanity. And I recommend that you Google this article. Again, that headline, Donald Trump followers targeted by FBI as the 2024 election grows near. Uh, it's in Newsweek from October of uh, 2023. This is absolute crazy stuff. Absolutely crazy. Yet here we are allowing the government, many people, because of their hatred of Trump, because they Trump has been portrayed a certain way, right? And they make it seem like if you like Trump, you've got to be one of those crazies. You, you people are, you believe in the Bible instead of science. You guys uh, believe that children should have a right to live in the womb and decide for themselves whether they live or die, right? A right to life, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How crazy is that? Well, here we are. Here we are with the FBI doing this and a Republican Congress that has the ability to cut the funding for the FBI over this and hasn't done it. And I'm not trying to bash the Republicans, but I am saying, get this on the radar. All right. We got to go after Hunter Biden. You got to go after Joe Biden. You got if there if there was criminality and malfeasance, which is clear to me that there is. Then let's follow the facts where they go. But as long as everybody that we're working against to fix these cultural and social and political problems that we have in our nation is working full time, full speed ahead in order to do what they do to protect their gravy train, to protect their mission, to protect their ideology, to make sure they keep doing what they do. And we're just here saying, look, I just want to go to church on Sundays, take a couple of vacations a year and take care of my family. Just leave me alone. That just leave me alone attitude isn't working for anybody anymore. They're going to come after your kids. They're going to teach your kids that it's okay. Your little Bobby's going to come home saying he's little Susie. And little Susie's going to come home saying she's little Bobby. And if you, in some states, New Jersey and California, namely, if you go to the school and say, did you know that my kid was dressing up? This Oh, yeah, no, we let them dress up. We can't really tell you. Because now there's a law saying that parents don't have the overall right to know what's going on with their children. It's the school that has to protect the child. The government. Now, listen, the government has a role in protecting children, but it doesn't supersede the parent. If you want to have your, your child raised by the government, that's on you. I am not going to be co-parenting with any politician. That's just a fact. Now, I wanted to get into a little bit on, on Palestine and on Gaza and, and, and Israel, and there's a, there's a lot to discuss there. And we probably won't get into everything I wanted to discuss, but I guess I'll leave you hanging and cover a lot of it on the next um, edition of This is America. But I did want to say, I heard a clip, several, of a few people. And I wish I could play them for you right now, but I don't think I have them handy. But one of them was of a guy speaking in Arabic with a translator. And so I'll take that for what it's worth, right? I actually didn't understand what he was saying, so maybe they lied to me with uh, false captions, right? Maybe it's a deep fake AI. That's a possibility. Um, it's a war, and with war comes disinformation, misinformation, etc. But the bottom line was this guy was saying, it's not the Israelis that killed my brother when we complained about the political party known as Hamas, right? Because in, in, in Gaza, they're the political party that's in charge. But yet they only had one election 18 years ago. And that's it. This is it. They got control in 2005 and they had one election and that's it. No more elections. This isn't a democracy. People aren't voting for these people. Um, I would venture to say many of them live in fear. And that's what he said. And when his brother spoke out against Hamas, they killed him. 
He also said he can't even get gainful employment because Hamas doesn't do anything for the economy. So Gaza is a difficult place to live and make a living. So most people want to go into Israel to make a living. But Israel doesn't want people that are supporting Hamas that uh, are, again, the, the charter of Hamas. And if you challenge anything I'm saying, feel free. I'm happy to have this discussion with you. But their founding documents when they created Hamas was with the intention of eliminating the Jewish state. So it makes sense to me that Israel would say, look, if you're supporting Hamas, then we don't want you in our country. I think that makes sense. If you hate my guts, why are you coming to my house? So when people want to spin that issue, they'll say, oh, but they're the, 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 the uh, Israelis are not letting them in to go to their jobs. How are they going to make a living? I wouldn't let you in either unless you say you're not with Hamas. And they do let them in. And there's a, a lot of people coming back and forth to make their money in Israel and go back home. Hamas has been in charge for 18 years or since whenever their election was. But 18 years ago, they were liberated from Jewish control. Before that, it was under Jordanian control. Before that, it was under Egyptian control. Nobody ever called it a Jordanian occupation. Nobody ever called it an Egyptian occupation. But they always call it an Israeli occupation. And all I'm saying is take a moment to think critically about the facts. I'm not saying that the Israelis are saints and that the Palestinians are terrorists. I grew up with a bunch of really fine Palestinian people. They weren't terrorists. These are fine people, really good people. I'm not talking about them. They have a right to exist. They have a right to have a homeland. They have to come to some agreement. Um, if Gaza is the, the, the area, then that's the area. If they want to debate that, then they debate that. But you don't go like the Hamas terrorists did and go and kill people and burn little children and slit their throats. And anybody that's making this argument where you say, oh, but that's how it should be. I mean, that's what happens when you oppress people. Who's oppressing who? If Hamas is in charge, why don't they have water? Why are they relying on Israel for water? If Hamas is in charge, why are they relying on Israel for electricity? Why isn't Hamas taking care of their own people? And that's what this guy was saying in this video, saying that my enemy here is not Hamas. My, um, uh, my enemy's not Israel. It's Hamas. And I have to say it was a, it was a remarkable video. And then there was another one of a young lady from near Gaza on the Israel side explaining how, how challenging it is to live there as well. So uh, maybe I'll play that video for you next time around. But it really is remarkable. And all I say is don't just bite on anything that seems interesting on social media. Somebody sent me a video the other day of uh, two Israeli soldiers uh, kicking uh, like a teenager um, who I'm going to presume was a Palestinian teenager. And it looked like they were bullying him. And maybe they were. And if they were, they're D-bags, right? But I don't know what happened before that or after that. And you have to look at things in context and you have to use uh, historical context to, to really form an opinion on this stuff. And when Netanyahu says that we're not going to have any ceasefire until there's uh, a release of all hostages, how do you argue that? This man's country was attacked and 1,400 people were killed in one day, brutally, not by one bomb, but by torching villages and slitting the throats of babies and burning these babies and kidnapping women, old women and young, and bringing them to tunnels. What has Hamas done with all the money that they've been given? They've developed... Uh, through aid, right, foreign aid, they've built a system of tunnels beneath uh, Gaza that uh, 
I've heard uh, some scholars say is as extensive as the New York City subway system. You tell me where they're spending their money, yet the people have no water and no electricity. The whole thing is messed up, and we have to take it for what it is. Not saying that Israel is the good guy. I am saying Israel is the victim, and now they're retaliating. And they have to do what they have to do, and Hamas has to be stopped. We'll continue that discussion next week. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time. Always remember, you have to stand for something. Because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So be an informed patriot. Know what's going on. Share this with somebody if you thought it was beneficial to you. Uh, We need all the podcast subscribers that we can get. And tune into the radio show as well every weeknight. RichValdezAmericaAtNight.com is the website if you want to stream it for free. And that's all I've got. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.